What is your one thing? Episode four. Are you ready to make your law firm a profit generating machine that will free up your time and skyrocket your impact? With more than two decades of business growth experience and having proven that you can be successful while prioritizing your family and your impact, introducing the Profit with Law podcast. I am your host, the creator of the firm differentiator 10x effect, Moshe Amsel. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of Profit with Law. One of the things that I have learned is not to reinvent the wheel. And when a concept is taught by somebody and it is taught well, then why try to reteach it? So the focus of this episode is what is your one thing? And this comes from a concept that I learned when reading a book by Gary Keller and Jay Papasan. And Gary Keller is the founder of Keller Williams Realty. And they together wrote a book called The One Thing, The Surprisingly Simple Truth Behind Extraordinary Results. And the concept of that book is that it takes concentration and focus on one thing in order to achieve massive result. And I want to break down the concepts of that book in this episode. And the reason is that my system that I have introduced in episode three, the Firm Differentiator 10X system, is based on the entire concept of focus and really putting all of your efforts into the goal that you are trying to achieve. And I think that the way that they lay out the concept of the one thing in this book really helps to crystallize how, how is it that we can create this extreme focus required to achieve massive results in short amounts of time. So let's jump right into this um, digestion, but you can definitely go and purchase the book on Amazon, listen to it on Audible. I believe it's there. This is not an advertisement for either of one of those, but those are the places I go for my consumption. And um, let's go right into this. So once you define success, and I'm going to assume that you have defined success because success is different for every single one of us. So your definition of success is very personal, and maybe it's a whole nother episode for us to talk about. But once you define success, what is the route that you take to get there? The concept here is that there are no two routes that are the same. No matter, you can have five different people all trying to achieve the same measurement of success, and every single one of them will arrive in a different way. And therefore, they'll also arrive in a different time, a different amount of time, because they're taking different routes. So if there, were, if there was only one way to get there, and this is an example that they have in the book, if there was only one way to achieve success in business, 
there would only be one business book. But we all know that there are thousands of business books that have been written, and there will be thousands more that will be written. And the reason is because there is no perfect answer. There is no one way to get it done. There is no one way to achieve success. So understanding that there are so many different ways to get there is the first concept that we need to realize because that's going to help us understand that we need to figure out what is the most direct way to get there. Different actions that we take have different success rates. And if we take the wrong action, our success rate could be lower. If we take massive action, action that achieves massive results, our success rate can be faster, can be quicker, can be higher. So what do we typically do when we're trying to achieve a goal, when we're trying to achieve success? Typically, we would create a to-do list. Um, some of you listening to this live by to-do lists and you have to-do lists that are hundreds of items long and you're constantly trying to get that to-do list done. The problem with to-do lists is the concept that you probably have heard of called the Pareto Principle. The Pareto Principle states 80% of our output is achieved with 20% of our input, which means if you look at it the other way, that 80% of our input is wasted. In other words, 20% of our efforts are creating 80% of the success. So when you look at a to-do list, 80% of that to-do list is unnecessary. And this concept is used in so many different fashions. I've seen the Pareto Principle in action with The Pumpkin Plan by Mike Michalowicz. It's another great book. And Mike Michalowicz in that book describes how you can attract good customers and you can attract bad customers. And bad customers are going to eat away at your time. They're going to not pay their bills, pay their bills late. They basically are going to suck your energy from all different, um, all different sides. And he uses Pareto Principle to basically say 20% of your customers are bringing you 80% of your results. And if you can continue to whittle down that list and get rid of the 80% of your customers that are not good, then you will continue to uh, skyrocket your business. So used here, the Pareto principle can be used to narrow down your to-do list. And you can look at the to-do list and you can say, what are the 20% of items on this to-do list that are going to be the most important items for me to get done. Cross off the other 80%. Now you take that new to-do list and do the same thing. What are the 20% of items on this new to-do list that are going to bring me the most success, that are going to bring me the closest to my goal? And slowly but surely, that to-do list gets whittled down to nothing, to one task. And that is your success list. And this is, this is their terminology in the book. That is your success list. So if you repeat the application of the Pareto Principle, it creates that ultimate success list. So let's go into another concept that they talk about, and that is multitasking. Do you know that multitasking doesn't really work? I think I might have touched on it in a previous episode. 
But we have a finite amount of effort that we can put in. And because we have a finite amount of effort that we can put in, that effort can either be applied to one thing or we can apply it to multiple things. One of my business mentors uses the example of a bridge. And they basically say that when people have multiple efforts, they create multiple bridges. But what happens when you have enough effort in your tank to complete one bridge and instead you create two bridges? Well, what happens is, is you're going to create each bridge 50% of the way and you'll never get to your destination because each one will be abandoned in the middle. The authors of the book use a different example and they basically say that you have a success car and your success car takes a tank of gas, and that get tank of gas is your effort. You have one tank of gas. You can either fill up one car to drive all the way to your destination, or you can fill up each car halfway, and then each car will make it halfway there. With these analogies aside, you even know yourself. If you take a look at your area of expertise, do you have one area of expertise? If you have more than one area of expertise, I want you to ask yourself the following question. And that is, am I the most knowledgeable person in the world on either of these topics? Do I believe that I have mastered this specific focus area more than any other individual in the world? And I can tell you, that no matter how smart you are and no matter how smart other people in the world are in comparison to you, if there is anybody out there that has focused all of their being and existence on one of those two things and you listed two of them, they are better at it than you. That is the perfect explanation and example of why multitasking doesn't work. This is what the author says. You can do two things at once, but you can't focus effectively on two things at once. I'll say that again. You can do two things at once, but you cannot focus effectively on two things at once. This is another quote from the author. Every time we try to do two or more things at once, we're simply dividing up our focus, and dumbing down all of the outcomes in the process. So let's take another, let's look from another perspective. When you see a successful person, you look at a successful person, what do you see? What are the traits that you see? I am assuming that you would say that they are disciplined. As well, they have willpower. Take, for example... Um, any of the CEOs of the top companies in the world. Look at the CEO of Google. Look at the CEO of Microsoft. Look at the founders of these companies. Look at the founder of Dell. They are disciplined. They have willpower. Yet when we look at these words, discipline, discipline is not a character trait. It's a behavior. It's a verb, not a noun. And willpower Willpower is limited. It's finite. We all wake up in the morning with a certain amount of willpower. 
we all wake up in the morning with the will to accomplish great things. Yet as the day progresses, our willpower wanes and we have less of it by the end of the day. It's kind of like gas in a gas tank. So we need to create the discipline to perform our one thing, our most important task early in the day before we use up our willpower for the day. So how do we go about finding our one thing? Well, it gets done by asking the following question. What is the one thing I can do such that by doing it, everything else will be easier or unnecessary? See, when you look at it that way, the one thing is the one task that will create the domino effect. Imagine you have dominoes lined up for miles. If you find the first domino and you knock it over, it will continue to knock over every domino after it until none are left standing. But if you start in the middle, then all the dominoes before it will still remain. Uh, Another way I like to look at it is a game of Tetris. You need to find the right piece to fit the right gap in order to eliminate the most lines possible. So what's the one thing that I can do such that by doing it, everything else will be easier or unnecessary? Now, how we answer that question is just as important as how we ask it. And here, the authors introduce a concept of what is the goal that you're trying to achieve, right? Um, and they break it down into three types or three, three types of end results that we're looking for. One is doable, the second is stretch, and the third is possibility. And here's what those mean. Doable is a goal where you're certain you can achieve it. Why? Because you already have all the skills, knowledge, and expertise to achieve it. So a doable goal is a goal that does not really challenge you, but nonetheless, it's a destination. And if you aim for a destination, you're more likely to achieve it. So there's nothing wrong with a doable goal, but it doesn't really put you into any sort of possibility of creating something more than what you're able to achieve. The stretch, stretch is within our capability, but it's at the end of the spectrum of that which we know we could accomplish. So if you take doable, doable is kind of like the easy route. Stretch is the more difficult route. This is if you really push yourself, if you really try and you really create that result that you want to create, you can do it with stretch. Now possibility Possibility is where the magic happens. Possibility is when we say what is possible. And if you think that pretty much anything is possible, you're probably right. And this is where we go beyond what we believe we can do. This is what we can achieve when we go outside of our comfort zone. When we go outside of the realm of what we previously believed was possible and we shoot for what is almost seemingly impossible this is the zone 
that if we aim for, we can actually achieve. But it's going to take not not great effort. Great effort would be the wrong word because it's not the effort is not what creates it. But it's going to take some way of doing something very differently than we know how today to create that possibility. And that is where you want to focus because it's that possibility, that zone of possibility that's outside of our comfort zone that we want to aim for. It's that seemingly unachievable item. That is where putting into effect that one thing is going to make that almost impossible thing a possibility. So now let's look at the question again that we asked before, but this time use a possibility goal and insert a time frame into the question. So here's how you would ask it. Based on my possibility goal, insert your possibility goal here, what's the one thing I can do in the next five years to be on track to achieve it? You then ask the same question, but narrow down the time frame. Based on my five-year goal, what's the one thing I can do this year to be on track to achieve my five-year goal so that I'm on track to achieve my possibility goal? We do it again. Based on my goal this year, what's the one thing I can do this month so I am on track to achieve my goal this year? So I'm on track to achieve my five-year goal. So I'm on track to achieve my possibility goal. Do it again. Based on my goal this month, what's the one thing I can do this week so I'm on track to achieve my goal this month? So I'm on track to achieve my goal this year. So I'm on track to achieve my five-year goal. So I'm on track to achieve my possibility goal. Bear with me. We asked this two more times. And the reason that I'm, I'm, there's a reason I'm asking that each one, each question is what you need to ask. Based on my goal this week, what's the one thing I can do today so I'm on track to achieve my goal this week? So I'm on track to achieve my goal this month? So I'm on track to achieve my goal this year? So I'm on track to achieve my five-year goal? So I'm on track to achieve my possibility goal? So based on my goal today, what's the one thing I can do right now? So I'm on track to achieve my goal today. So I'm on track to achieve my goal this week. So I'm on track to achieve my goal this month. So I'm on track to achieve my goal this year. So I'm on track to achieve my five-year goal. So I'm on track to achieve my possibility goal. Going through this exercise, this is how you define the one thing that you need to be focusing on each moment, each day, each month, and so on. And the power of these questions, the power of defining this, is so much more than actually defining what the one thing is. But notice how you have to know what your goal is, what your possibility goal is. What is that stretch goal that is way beyond what you think is possible? way beyond what you think is easy that's going to put you outside of your comfort zone. And once you know what that is, what are the things that are going to move mountains for you? What are the, what are the, the, the actions that you can take 
that are going to unlock and remove so many of the actions that you might have taken um, otherwise and save you from needing to go through them. So as discussed in episode three, and I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, this is one of the core concepts of the firm differentiator 10x system. Now, everything that I said until now sounds great. Okay, it's, you know, and it's always great. It's written in a book. Sometimes the books make so much sense, but then when you actually try to put them into um, reality and into your efforts and into your daily activities, it doesn't seem so easy and doesn't seem so doable. So I wanted to end off this episode by actually going into the logistics. So how does this actually work logistically? And here are some things that I do personally that have ma- made massive differences in, in my business and my productivity and my efforts and my ability to achieve goals that I didn't think was, imag- was, was possible. And these are the action steps that I've taken, and this might work for you as well. So the first thing is, is that I use a physical planner. And I use a planner called the 90X Action Planner. Um, and it's created by a friend of mine, Alone David. And he has two versions of it, the Action Planner and the Goal Planner. I like the Action Planner because it's smaller, it's easier to carry around, and it basically has three goals that you're trying to achieve that you can map out the one task each day that you need to, uh, to, to work on towards that goal. And the reason I like that it has three of them on there, even though I just finished talking about what is the one thing this entire episode, is because there's different domains in life. So I have one goal for my business that I'm focusing on. But then I also have one personal goal that I'm focusing on. And for me, it's um, my personal goal is, is a physical well-being. And then I've got a um, a family goal or a goal that I'm working on towards improving um, relationships in my family and my family life. So those are mine. And it doesn't, you know, you can have your own, but the 90X Action Planner works very, very well for me. And you can go to 90xgoalplanner.com and check out those items and order one for yourself. So the first thing that I find very helpful is to have a place to write it. And having somebody having created that for me, it's a lot easier than trying to create it myself. Now, the second thing that I do is I redefine my one thing at each increment. So at the beginning of the week, I will map out what is the one thing I need to do each day to achieve my one thing for the week. And then at the end of the week, I take a look back And I say, did I achieve it or did I not achieve it? And if I achieved it, is the one thing that I have already mapped out to be for the next week still the best and right one thing to be focusing on? And if I confirm it, then I will break that down into each day. If I need to reconsider it, that would be when I reconsider it. And I do that at each increment. So at the end of the month... I will look at my next month and make sure it's still the right one thing. And this way I'm always constantly tweaking and adjusting 
and making changes because what I thought would be the right one thing at the time I, I chose it might be different at the time I get to it. So that's the second thing that I do. And the third thing is, you know, I, I found this exercise to be very difficult when I first started using it. And I worried that I would be choosing the wrong one thing. Now, often when we're faced with something new, and we always have a fear of what if we do the wrong thing and what if we fail at it, and that fear can stop us from taking action. But what I found is that it was better to choose the wrong one thing. And by the way, I still do it. I still choose the wrong one thing more often than I'd like to admit. But hey, my path has detours and yours will too. But it's better to choose the wrong one thing than to not choose one thing at all. Every day, you get a reset switch. Every day is a new day. Every morning when you wake up, you can start over. And you get to tweak and change what the action is for that day. What is the right one thing for that day? Now, if you don't take action, if you don't start doing something, and this might not be the system for you, this might not be the answer for you, but if you don't start taking action on something and implementing it, it's not going to move you forward. And if you don't change what you're doing today, you're going to get the same results that you're getting today. Not taking action and implementing a new idea is the most destructive behavior you can exhibit. Whereas taking action and trying, even if the result is what you perceive as failure, is still getting you one step closer to the right answer. So, I encourage you to sit down and define what your possibility goals are for five years, for one year, for the next quarter. Then ask yourself the one thing question. What's the one thing I can do such that by doing it, everything else will be easier or unnecessary? Map out the answer in your 90X action planner and let's achieve success together. That's it for this week's episode of Profit With Law. If you have enjoyed the show, please consider sharing it with at least one person. Imagine how many lives we can change if we each shared this episode. Another way to share the episode is on social media. We appreciate your support and look forward to you joining us again next week.